Romans chapter 13, verse 11. The Great Awakening, part two. Romans 13, verse 11. Again, this is part two of the message, The Great Awakening. Romans 13, 11. And that, knowing the time, that now, everybody say now. That don't mean in a minute. That now, it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation closer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us, therefore, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. This is written by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome and to the church in Queen City and to the church all over the world. It's written to us, wake up. It's written to us, wake up. It's high time to wake out of sleep in that knowing the time. What time is it? It's high time. God says it's high time. Your parents ever say that to you? When they, it's high time. You started paying attention to me, boy. It's high time. Y'all ain't heard that, Marlena. A southern thing. It's high time, boy. Let you know a little bit, little bit about God there. He says it's high time. That means it's time right now. You wake up. And this verse tells you what that means. It tells you to wake up. you got to recognize that your salvation is closer right now than it's ever been. And that, that right there, you're awake if you're recognizing that. Titus chapter 2 teaches us that grace teaches us if you're living by grace, you're looking for your Savior. And the more grace you live by, the more you're looking for your Savior. Titus chapter 2, grace teaches us to live in a way that we abstain from the world. That's what the Bible says. Grace teaches us. And one of the things it teaches us is to be looking for our Savior. Because now is our salvation closer than when we believed. Our salvation. He's talking about, well, I'm already saved. Yeah, but you hadn't crossed that finish line. We read uh, Monday night a Bible verse. Was it Peter? that says when, you're, when, when uh, there's going to be grace delivered to you when, the, when uh, the revelation of Christ, Chastity's looking for it. She's the one that found it the other night. But when, when at, at, at the revelation of Christ, there is a, a grace that's going to appear to us then. There's grace to save us. There's grace to run this race. There's grace to wake up when you find yourself sleeping. And there's grace that's going to be brought to you at the appearing, at the revelation of Jesus. What's the verse? 
1 Peter 1.13, if you're taking notes, at the appearing, at the revelation rather, it says there, there's going to be grace brought to us there. So you want to make sure you wake up and cross the finish line because there's a grace coming to you at the end that's going to fulfill completely who you are in Christ. You know, when you meet him in the clouds, you're going to be like him. When you see him, you're going to be like him. You'll never be God, but you'll be like Christ (coughs) as the perfect man that he is among all men. But when here the Bible says the night is far spent, the night is this age we're living in. The night is this age, and it's far spent. That means it's almost over. The night is almost over. The, 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 The dawning new day is about to appear. And I mean, when that, that songs we sing, you know, we, we suffer now, but the joy comes in the morning. Well, the morning, we're singing about joy coming in, is that when that day dawns, when Jesus comes, that new day. Right now, it's night. It, we are here in this dark world, and it is night. The night is far spent. doesn't say it's over. say it's far spent. We're far along. There are other scriptures. You've heard me lately talk about them that tell us the end of the ages have come upon us, the Bible says. The end of all things is at hand. Both of those are Bible verses, and there are others that let us know. And those things were written 1,900 years ago. You are on fumes right now. Anybody that's really walking with Christ and a student of the Word realizes that your salvation, that the completion of your salvation, it's it's not just near because you're another day closer. It's near because this age is about to be slap dab, have the curtain pulled on it, and everything is about to change. Everything is about to change. You, uh, over the last few years, you've become very well aware that overnight things can change, not just in your neighborhood, but all over the world. The Lord showed us that. I said the Lord showed us that. We called it COVID, but it was an awakening experience that we now realize overnight a sickness can travel around the globe and almost everybody on the planet be sick. Amen. Not everybody got COVID, but almost everybody got COVID. Amen. And anything can happen overnight. And we better be ready because the longer the Lord tarries, which won't be much longer, but the longer he tarries as I preach Sunday, things are going to intensify. They're going to get very ugly. They're going to get beyond what we would have ever thought. They are already there beyond what we would have ever imagined. But one of the things the Lord is impressing on my heart lately with everything that is intensifying, one of the things we have to be aware of that is intensifying that's very dangerous is deception. Because deception means I don't know that I don't know, but I think I do. That's deception. And it is increasingly intensifying this deception where you can be talked out of something by someone's skill of presenting great swelling words. You can be talked out of something even if the subject is that something they're trying to talk you out of. Deception is very powerful. You must choose in this very moment that we're sitting in this room right now to go the way of the cross and never be 
moved away from it. Never look away from it. You must choose now in this moment. It's high time to awaken and believe that the cross is your answer for everything, not just a place in heaven, not just your pardon, but for the grace and the power you need every step of the way through this journey. In spite of what you have to face, the cross of Christ is the answer. It's the only place that you'll receive light from the Lord. It's the, only, it's the only avenue through which you'll properly hear the Lord and receive His instruction. Amen. You, you, I don't care. All these folk out there, all these folk out there doing their own thing, saying we don't need to focus on the cross like they are, they can't hear like we do either. They can't see like we do either because only through the cross do you see and hear spiritually. And outside of that, uh, you don't see. You're blind, the Bible says. Amen. So uh, I'm going to talk about these four verses here tonight for just a few minutes. And I want to read some of the things that the Lord ministered to me that I wrote down, not very many, but I want to read them to you. And the first one is, When the Lord sends His wake-up call to us, we can either realize we have been asleep spiritually and desire to awaken unto the excelling knowledge of Christ once again because when you're awake, you're learning Christ and people know you're learning Christ and you have this desire to talk about Christ and the way of Christ being the cross. That's what happens when you're awake. It's far beyond going to a church service on Sunday and Wednesday night. You are awakened unto the way to live for the Lord. You are awakened. If you listen, and, and let me say this tonight, and we're going to see what I'm about to say in the scriptures tonight, and we always have to use them. We have nothing else to use as the church. Amen. We're dependent upon the scriptures. That's how we're strengthened and comforted. It's the only way we know God's. Really, all we've got is what the Bible tells us. Amen. Now I could get into that, but I won't. But We have, to, we have to understand that, and we're going to see this tonight, everybody, every child of God who is not walking in the Spirit is asleep. They sleep spiritually. They sleeping spiritually. Not walking, sleepwalking. If they don't know, if they're not walking in the Spirit, they're asleep spiritually. I was asleep spiritually until the message of the cross came and made me mad and started pricking against my heart. And I said, that's where I began. That's what saved me. I'm far beyond the cross now. And the Lord began to show me how that's what my problems were all about, me being far beyond the cross and there's a lot of Christians today, even some that have listened to me and others like me who preach this message and they say, well, we don't, we don't need to be hearing that all the time. That's one of the dumbest statements a man could ever make because if you're not hearing this, then you're not looking at this. And if you're not looking at this, you're not being changed by the Spirit of God. And you don't really, people who don't want to hear about the cross, the context of the Word of God being righteousness and the way of the cross, they're spiritually asleep. I don't care how well they can get up and orate the Scriptures, how they can tie 30 Scriptures in to, to, together about one subject and make your jaw just be dropped down 
around about how well they can speak the Scriptures. And have you heard them pray, by the way? But if they're not pointing you to Calvary, if they're not pointing you to Calvary, they are spiritually asleep. We, we've been duped. We've been seduced. We, we, we've, we, let me get it right. We've been sleeping. When you're sleeping, somebody can just come up and whisper anything into your ear. Amen. Amen. When I was a kid, we used to do dumb things, you know, just like y'all. And somebody told us that if you get somebody sleeping and you take a little, jar, a little bucket of hot water, and slip it up there and let their hand go down in it, they'll wet the bed. They did that while they're sleeping. Don't go do that. But it's true. You can be messed with while you're sleeping. I woke up one day back in an ugly day that I used to live an ugly life, and I had stuff all over my face, all over my head, everywhere. People can mess with you while you're asleep. Spiritually, spiritually, amen. We're going to see this tonight, what I'm talking about in the Scriptures. Let's read starting in verse 12 again. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The day is at hand. That day that we're about to step into, it's at hand. It, it's at hand. It's more than a knock on the door. The Lord has got his hand on the knob. He's about to yank it wide open. I'm telling you that the Bible says, not the preacher, the Bible says the day is at hand. Are you getting ready to step into it? I said, I'm not talking about, yeah, I guess I'm ready. No, I'm, are you looking for it? Are you ready to go? The night is far spent. That means it's almost over. The day is at hand. I hope you're ready to step into it. Let us. What do we got to do about this? What, then what do I need to do? Nothing if you're going to keep sleeping. But if you're going to wake up, Look at here. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Notice these things all in this portion of Scripture. Casting off the works of darkness, putting on the armor of light. Verse 13, walking honestly as in the day. And verse 14, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Right here in this segment of scriptures, we're told that we're to put on the armor of light. Jesus is the light. What makes it an armor of light is what he did at Calvary. The, car, the cross is what makes Jesus our armor of light. You look at Ephesians chapter 6 uh, where the whole list of the, the soldiers' armor is listed there. Every apparel, every piece of that armor, Armor is pointing us to something Jesus provided in and of himself at the cross. The helmet of my salvation, the breastplate of my righteousness, the loin belt of my... All these things are Jesus to me, of, of truth to me, the gospel shoes of peace that he made for me through the blood of his cross. The whole armor of the Christian soldier is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. That's why your faith has to be there, nowhere else. Amen. 
A lot of people think their faith is there and they wonder why they're not living in victory. Why, why do they go around like a victim all the time? It's because they, listen, they like the part about Jesus pardoning them from their sins, but they don't like being crucified with him. And there's where the victory comes in. When you begin to understand that he did something for you and to you at Calvary. Amen. He pardoned you from your sins and he got rid of the old you and didn't bring one piece of the old you into the new you and he gave you power to become the children of God. Unless we start learning that second part of the double cure about being crucified with him, that's the part we don't like. Why? Why do we not like that? Because Jesus taught... If any man come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Then he goes into teaching immediately behind that, if you don't lose your life, you can't find it. That's not a one-time deal. That's a one-time entrance, but the experience of our Christianity, all the steps of our life is about losing our life, not physically, but losing self so Christ can lead. And we don't like that. I said we. We don't like that. Our flesh doesn't like that. We want to be exalted. We want to be recognized. We want to be noticed. We want somebody to say something good about us. Hallelujah. Amen. And when they don't, well, we get our feathers ruffled. And But we're going to see this tonight a little more clear. I know we are. The Lord's going to show it to us than ever before. We're told to put on the armor of light. And you've heard me say it. You put it on when you got saved. But recognize you're having to be, we are having to be told again to put it on. You put it on when you were saved. When you entered into the death of Jesus, that means he was on you. You put on Christ when you were born again. You put on the whole armor of God when you were born again. You put on the new man when you were born again. You put on the armor of light when you were born again. But you got to be told to put it on over and over and over because we don't wear it all the time. We start wearing our carnality sometimes, our flesh. Amen, Brother Curtis. Uh, I'm preaching to myself tonight. I know y'all are holy, but I'm, I'm still a, a work in progress, a process, whatever it's called, a process of progress, I hope. Hallelujah. Put on the armor of light. That's only those who wake up going to do this. Only those who wake up are going to be found here. Coming back to the cross. It's more than a message, my friend. It's the power and the wisdom of God. It is the dressing room. The cross is the dressing room. You ain't getting dressed up to serve God nowhere but Calvary. And it's an ugly garment to men. Oh, but beautiful it is to God. That cloak of humility that men hate and think you're such a pitiful old thing, but it's humility. God looked upon his son at Calvary and said, that's what I'm going to make every person who believes in me conformable to right there. What the Bible says. Not some big king dressed in royal garb. And God, not anything. God said, when Jesus was dying on the cross, God said, that right there is what I'm going to make every believer in my son that make, comes to me through him, that's what I'm going to make them conformable to right there. 
The church hears that, and they, you know, they, they, today it just throws the church a curveball. What in the world is he talking about? How can I be made into the image of some bloody, gory mess? It's not about a bloody, gory mess. It took that for our salvation, but it's about what God really saw at Calvary. And why am I talking about this? Because there is where we put on the whole armor of light. There's where we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What did God see there at Calvary? I started praying a few months ago, and I know the Lord stirred my heart to begin to ask him for this very thing. Show me what you saw at Calvary. We talk about what, using the Scriptures, but we're carnal, we're fleshly. I want to know what you saw at Calvary. And he began to show me in the Word what he saw at Calvary. He saw a humble and obedient, perfect, righteous man in the worst suffering man could go through, still being humble and obedient and trusting in his heavenly Father, God, committing himself to the one who judges righteously. God said, that's my man. That's the one man. I said, that's the one man. See, we're all a part of one man's body. We're not the body of many. We're the body of one, Jesus Christ. And God said, that's the man. That's the man. And in his image, right there on the cross, is what I'm going to make every believer in me conformable to. That's what it means to strive together for the faith of the gospel. Not some preacher, not some building or property or denomination, God forbid, but we are striving together as the church for the faith of the gospel because through that alone can God find someone in the process of being awakened and putting on the armor of light and putting on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't put him on unless you go back to the dressing room. You've got to go back to the dressing room. It's not, it's not your flesh don't like it. Your flesh, my flesh doesn't like it. Because the flesh, the selfish thing is being put away. While Christ, can, Christ can't be glorified while self is having his way. Christ can't even be followed while self is hindering. Self has to be denied. So, I hope you'd highlight these things in your Bible and look at the one section of Scripture here. We're told to awaken out of sleep. This is saved people who are sleeping. Saved people. This is what the message of the cross has done beginning back in 1996 or 7 when it began to come on the scene through Brother Swaggart in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This is what the message of cross is for among the church. To wake us up and to keep us awake. And if we keep looking at what God's looking at, we will stay awake and not have to go back to sleep again and be abused and defrauded as we talked about Sunday morning. We won't have to be abused again spiritually when we go back to sleep because a sleeping Christian's being abused. Amen. The message of the cross is what, uh, uh, listen, it's what brought you out of death into life to begin with. And it's the only thing that will wake you up. 
That's why he tells us here to wake out of sleep, put on the armor of light, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what? Verse 14, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So last week I mentioned it. This week we'll look at it, if I can find it here. I know it's in Galatians chapter 5, and I know it's before verse 17. So let me do a little search here. Because uh, I, I kept thinking it was Galatians 5 and 17, but it's before that. So where is it? It is verse 16. Hey, it is before 17. <laughs> verse 16, Galatians chapter 5 says, This I say then, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit talking to you. If you hear the Holy Spirit, you can wake up. If you don't hear anything but a man, you're going to stay snoring. If you're hearing the Holy Spirit, you'll wake up. If you ain't hearing nobody but me or some other preacher, you're going to keep snoring. Amen. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, back over where we were, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 13, 14, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Putting on the Lord Jesus Christ is the same thing as walking in the Spirit. And if you don't know what it means to put on Jesus Christ, you, can, you ain't walking in the Spirit. And if you're not walking in the Spirit, you're spiritually asleep. We're talking about 90-something percent of the blood-bought church in this very moment right now is sleeping. They sleeping. They sleep. How do I know that? Because I got a Bible. And plus, God already had to wake me up. I thought I had it all going on. I wasn't doing nothing but sleepwalking. That's what the church is doing. Unless they're awakened unto righteousness, unless they're brought back to their first love, not a message about their first love one day, and then they leave saying, I'm glad I came back to my first love. They've got to be convicted of your sin, of your state of being asleep if you're going to wake up. The first thing you're going to be convicted of is being asleep. Maybe not in them words, but you're going to realize you've been wrong and you've been going the wrong way. Amen, just like the Apostle Paul. And then when the Lord brings you back to your first love, back to the focus of the Lamb of the cross, then you're going to have to start learning the Bible all over again in its proper context. I'm speaking from experience, hallelujah. We're still in it, that process right now. Amen. You can take the Bible and you can do anything you want to with it. That don't mean it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to take the Word of God and He's going to take you and first stop's going to be Him delivering you to Calvary. First stop, every situation, every decision going to be the cross. He always delivers you unto death so that you can express the life of the one whose death He's presenting you to. And the Bible says there, we need to preach it pretty soon. We need to just stick on that one verse and hone in on it. The Bible says there that that's being done not for our sake, but for Jesus' sake. Amen. We'll get into that one of these days. Watch this now. Galatians 5 and 16, let's read it again. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Every sin that takes place in my life takes place because the flesh has been fulfilled to the point of committing that sin. 
I was not walking in the Spirit when I committed that sin, which proves what I've been saying for a few weeks now. While your faith is in the sacrifice, you will not commit a sin. But our problem is that our faith is not always in the sacrifice. We're not always wearing the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not always wearing the armor of light. And that's why the Holy Spirit says, you got to put this on, Curtis. You got to put it on. You got to put the armor of light on. You got to put Jesus on. You got to put the whole armor on if you're going to be able to withstand the fiery darts of the enemy. It's not just going to church and reading your Bible, honey. It's learning what it means to have real Bible faith, which is faith in the death of Jesus. Because I, I, just a couple of weeks ago, not that long, when I was writing and studying and praying and meditating in the Word, the Lord spoke that to my heart. The cross is the dressing room. That's where He dressed you. He dressed you in everything you needed when you were born again. And He told you to become a student of His Word. Why do the, why does the, you ever read that scripture? The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Listen to that. Study to show yourself approved, not to men, unto God. He approved of you at Calvary, and he wants you to study so you can learn more of what he did to approve of you. What did he, what did he do to stamp you approved? He sent his son. It, it, it pleased him to, to bruise and wound his son on the cross for our sins and iniquities, it pleased him for that to happen. He did that on our behalf so that we could begin to understand, we, first of all, we could be saved through that alone. And then if we'd become a student of the Word, then we could learn just how approved we are unto God. You got Christians running around today saying, well, I hope I make it. They got saved, and they're still talking about, I hope I make it. You got Christians today, listen to this one. You got Christians running around, been saved for years, and then some man comes along and says, but were you baptized in the name of Jesus? Did they say that when they baptized you in the water? And Christians go, uh-oh, I don't know. Does that mean I, does that? They're not, they're not sure of what God did to approve them. So they'll go where some people they don't even know and let them put them in the water in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now I'm saved. No, 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 no. It don't matter if anything. You, you, you was already saved if you got baptized in water. Amen. If you think water saved you, you still ain't saved, honey. Everybody all right tonight? Christians aren't sure. Justification, we, we could teach on justification, man, for a year and not be done. Every service. Amen. I, you know, just, mm. To awaken out of sleep is to know that my salvation is closer than when we first believed. That's when you, you wake up to that reality. You, I said you wake up to the reality of what's going on. You wake up. That's why the church really, they're always hollering about, we need revival, we need revival. I understand, and 90-something percent of the church does need to be revived, but they need to be awakened. That's what they need, to be awakened. And they can't be awakened unless they realize they're asleep. And the only one that can tell them they're asleep 
is the Holy Spirit. That ain't how he told it to me. But he told it to me like you're as messed up as they are when I started pointing fingers at everybody else. Tell the Lord, thank you for getting me out there. They're messed up. And he said, you messed up as them. That's what the Lord told me. You messed up as them. Now, that, that, I didn't like that. I wasn't happy about that. What's that word? It uh, hurt my feelings. <laughs> you're as messed up as they are. I didn't like that. And I'm sure I was still thinking, well, I messed up too, but I ain't as messed up as they are. <laughs> but I was. It don't matter if you come out of all that that's wrong, but you don't step into what's right, you're still wrong. You can talk about how wrong that is because the Bible says this and how wrong all that is because the Bible says this, and you'd be right about all that. But unless you step into the way of the cross, you're still wrong yourself. Preachers can get up in the pulpit and preach against Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness and, and Buddha and Islam and all that, but God's ministers of righteousness begin to meddle within the community that's paying their paycheck. They're not scared to warn. God's ministers aren't scared to warn against what's wrong in the church. Amen. You know why they're doing it? Because God says they need to wake up. That's why I always say, you ain't going to get glad till you get mad first. You're going to get mad before you get glad. Ain't nobody in our church that ain't been mad at me before. All of them didn't stick it out. Some of them woke up and got glad. To, to awaken out of sleep is to know that my salvation is closer than when we first believed. And I'm not talking about, well, I know because I'm a day older. No, I'm talking about that. I know that you've been spiritually awakened. Man, what have I been doing? I heard a woman say that recently up in, over in Naples, Florida. Tears rolling down her cheek, talking to her brother, said, what have we been doing? What have we been believing? See, this is the power of the gospel. It'll show you you've not only been doing wrong, you've been wrong. There's a difference there between I admit, well, I've been doing wrong. No, I have been the wrong. I'm wrong. But I, I'm, that's what the power of the gospel It'll break you. It'll, it'll, it'll begin to mold you. It'll wake you up first. Number two, to awaken out of sleep is to realize what is caused the sleep. What put you to sleep? What was it to put you to sleep? It wasn't an act of sin that put, knocked you out and put you spiritually asleep. It was the moving of your faith from the cross to whatever or many other things. That's when we go to sleep. We may be more active than we've ever been, but if our faith's not in the cross, we're sleeping. Remember the church in Sardis? You got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. That means you're asleep. Mm, think about it. To awaken out of sleep means to know what time it is spiritually. The day's at hand. The night's far spent. This age about to be over, and I know our flesh, our flesh says the same thing over and over. Well, you know, when's it going in? They've been saying that for a long time. But I'm telling you, any moment now, you're going to be taken out of this place. Whether we all go at once or we go one at a time, we going. To awaken out of sleep is to know that I've been wasting time. 
When I begin to hear the message of the cross and it began to dawn on me this great truth of God's focus and God's way for everything, I begin to think, what have I been doing? Look at the years I have thrown away. And if you don't admit that, you're still sleeping. There are men today won't admit they've been wrong. They're still sleeping. When you grab a hold of what's right, you're going to admit what's wrong because you don't want nobody else to even lay hold on that and take a chance on them going to sleep. Years and years ago, after we started preaching this message, I had under the, the old TV things that we used to have in front of the, in the living room, and they were full of all those old videos of me preaching back in the day, back in the 90s. Surely you remember all that back up the road. And I first saw them, and I said, oh, I'm going to get rid of them. I said, no, nah, I'm going to keep them from my grandkids. And I felt like the Lord said, no, nah, they don't need to see none of that. Put them to sleep, rock a baby. It wasn't pointing nobody to Calvary. It's pointing people to what they need to do. If that preacher ain't pointing you to Calvary, he's putting you to sleep. I'm going to have to bring my amen sign back up in here. If the preacher not pointing you to Calvary, he's rocking you to sleep. And the ones who hear what I'm saying and, 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 and get angry about it and, and start making all kind of comments and negative, they doing the, be, they doing the best job. They're the best rockers in the church. They're the best rockers around. They'll rock you to sleep. To awaken out of sleep means I know I've been wasting time. To awaken out of sleep means I've put on the Lord Jesus Christ. To awaken out of sleep means I'm now walking in the Spirit. You ain't going to learn what that means till you start listening to the preacher of the cross. You're not going to learn. Nobody going to learn what that means. We go into these places we've been into and people just sit there with their jaw, jaw, jaw hanging down going, my Lord, and they, they, either, they either get mad and leave or they sit there, the Holy Spirit convicting them because there is a few people who are saved who want to live for God, want to be pleasing to God according to the Word of God, who will admit, I've been wrong. There are some people in the church still who fear the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And he shows them his covenant. That's what the Bible says. I'm a Bible believer. So to wake up spiritually means you put on the Lord Jesus Christ again. Doesn't mean you got saved all over again. Means you step back into the faith you began in. Means you went back to the dressing room. Means you, you brought the object of your faith back away from all this, what grandma said and that preacher said and all that junk. And you just simply came back to Calvary realizing that you became one with Jesus in his death. You became one with Jesus in his death. That's where you got to know him. That's where you became one with him. And if your faith moves from there, you will not be walking with him in spite of what you think. You will be sleepwalking. Hey, thanks for that, Brother Don. To wake up means you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. To wake up means you're walking in the Spirit. And let me say it one more time before I move on. Anybody that's not walking in the Spirit is sleep. And the church doesn't know what it means to walk in the Spirit. 
years and years ago, a woman that I really thought was one of the most spiritual around, and y'all know what I mean, before you got a hold of the message of the cross or it got a hold of you, you thought there was some very spiritual people. And now that you've heard the truth of Calvary, you find out just how spiritual they weren't. They might have sounded good when they prayed. We might even said, boy, I wish I could pray like that. And ain't nothing wrong with that. And they might have been able to bring 30 scriptures right here in an instant concerning your issue, right out of the Bible concerning issue. But if they didn't point you to Calvary, they sleep. And they didn't help you because if they didn't point you to Calvary, they used the scripture to tell you what you need to do. It's only two things. It's either faith in what Jesus did, that's putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and walking in the Spirit, or we're trusting in ourselves, using Scripture to do it. And that's where the church is today. Everybody said amen. Galatians 5, 16, and let me read it one more time. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So before we go on, just remember this. Every time we commit an act of sin, the flesh is being carried out and fulfilled in an act of sin, we are not walking in the Spirit, which means we are not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. Oh, we, we believe that it happened, but we're not trusting in it. We would never say the cross is not the answer, but we will have to admit we don't always trust in the answer. Isn't that truth? Isn't that reality? Because the Bible says here, if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And my flesh always lusting. Yours is too. Everybody's flesh is lust. The Bible teaches in the fifth chapter of Galatians that it's an unending, contrary thing. That you're not getting out of that battle till you see Jesus. You're not get, you're, you can't escape it. But now you can take up the cross and deny self. But you can't shut it up, and you can't run it off, but you can deny it. Amen. Hmm. So to awaken out of sleep is to awaken to the reality of what I had misplaced and ignored to be found asleep to begin with. When I begin to hear the message of the cross, its focus in the Scriptures, the Lord began to show me that I had misplaced faith. I had my faith in all everything that came through town, every new book that come out. Oh, this is it. This is what God's going to use. To, boy, he's going to do a lot of stuff with this new thing, this new revelation. But none of it works. None of it works. It can't. Because if it does, that means the one thing he provided doesn't work. But the Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And you don't need anything outside of those two arenas. To awaken out of sleep is to awaken to the reality of what I had misplaced, what I misplaced and ignored to be found asleep. When I started hearing this truth, I, I started realizing, well, all this stuff I've been trusting in is what put me to sleep. It's what, it's what brought all the confusion and all the corruption, all the devastation in my life, my misplaced faith. If it's not in the cross, you're going to experience some horrible things. 
and you'll be crying out to God, why, why, why? And if you really have a heart for the Lord, not say you do, you really have a heart for the Lord and only the Lord knows who does and when those people do, he shows them his covenant. That's his answer. He don't have two answers. All our lives we hear people say, hang in there, God will make a way for you. He's already made the way. His name is Jesus. Amen. To waken out of sleep is to realize that the light of Christ only shines from and through faith in his cross. You do, you do know Jesus is the light, but the cross is the switch, turns it on. We're told to put on the armor of light. What We're told to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, they're one and the same thing. Jesus is our light. He is our armor. The Bible says that the Lord, in Psalms 37, 6, that the Lord has made our righteousness as the light. Our righteousness is Christ and His work at Calvary. That's the light. It's not just Christ. It's Christ and what He did at Calvary because without the cross, we don't have any righteousness. Christ is always righteous, but without the cross, we don't have any righteousness. Therefore, we don't have any light. Y'all need to listen to this when you get home again. I ain't kidding you. Sometimes I listen to these again. And I listen to me sometimes. I'm like, my Lord, did I say that? The Lord uses us. He uses us. Jesus is our light. He's our armor. And I said earlier on in the message, what makes him as our light, the armor of light that shields around us is our faith in his blood. Because we're hedged in by the blood. To awaken out of sleep means to put on the armor of light, which is to receive by faith, the faith to have faith in the cross of Christ. Now, one more verse, and I'm going to quit tonight. Of course, when I study, I just have to quit because there's never ending. Never ending. Preachers just have to quit because we never have an end. There's no end to the good things of the Lord. But John 8 and 12, we'll end with that tonight. John chapter 8, verse 12. This is our Jesus giving us a word that we desperately need to know. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. Walking in darkness is equated with being asleep. If you go blind again, like Peter said you would, 2 Peter 1 and 10, or 1 and 9 or 10, if you forget you were purged from your old sins, you'll go blind again. That's going to sleep. Blindness is sleeping. A man sleeping can't see, and a man blind can't see. They one in the same thing, spiritually. Watch now. I am the light of the world. He that follows me... Here, here's, here's a concrete, absolute promise. Will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We'll, this is talking about experience. This is not talking about when you got born again and then when you get to heaven. This is talking about walking, living, experiencing your journey in this life. If you follow Christ, 
You will not walk in darkness. But remember, no one on the planet in the church is following Christ unless they're denying self, taking up their cross to follow him. Nobody. He said, no man can come unto me and follow me lest they deny themselves, take up their cross. He said that in Luke 9, 23, Luke 14, 26, and 27. He said, if you don't bear your cross, you can't be my disciple. The word disciple means learner. No Christian is learning outside the avenue of the new covenant law, which is the spirit of life teaching them in Christ Jesus. Nobody's learning anything except what the Bible says. it's, It's not being applied to our hearts except through faith in the sacrifice. The blood is what applies the word. In the Old Testament, the priests would take their finger, their right forefinger, and they'd dip it in the blood, and they would put it on this, that, and the other. And after the blood was sprinkled, then they would take and dip their finger in the oil, which represents the Holy Spirit, and they would put the oil on it. First the blood, then the oil. First the blood, then the Spirit. First the cross, then the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. That's New Testament too. You've got to have your faith in New Covenant law, which is the law of the Spirit of life, Romans 8, 2, in Christ Jesus, who delivered you from the law of sin and death, or you sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. Don't care how well I can quote the scripture. I used to preach the house down. Back years ago before I understood the message of the cross as it pertains to everything God's doing and how to live in victory and how to have grace for anything and everything, I'd be preaching, happened twice during those years, I'd be preaching light bulb would blow out. And boy, that church we were in back then, they'd go, ooh, that's the anointing. No, that's somebody changed the light bulb. That ain't no light bulb blew out. Oh, that's the anointing. Boy, he's got the anointing. I didn't have no anointing back then because the Bible says the anointing is truth and I wasn't preaching it. Amen. Might have been the Lord showing me, your light's out, son. You sleep. Amen. It'd have been more that than the other. If you, if you follow Christ, you won't walk in darkness, but it takes the cross to follow him. If you follow Christ, you won't walk in darkness, but it takes a cross to follow, which proves that without faith in the cross, you ain't following Jesus and you ain't got no light from heaven. Amen. The word can't be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path unless you're following Christ, which means you got your faith in his cross because you're not following him except through the way of the cross. We think, we thought that, well, I came through the cross to get in. No, every step's got to be taken. Can't ever leave. If you misplace the object of your faith, you sleeping. Doesn't matter if you cry and start sharing scriptures and you start memorizing. All the things that we do doesn't mean we're not sleeping. All the things we do doesn't mean we're not sleeping. The most prominent, most famous known preachers, probably most of them in, in, in the world today, are sleeping. 
How do I know? Because they're not preaching the message that wakes folk up. And if they ever wake up, they'll preach what wakes everybody up. If you don't wake, you don't want everybody around you sleeping. Y'all know how it is. You get up in the morning, you want everybody to get up. That's that way spiritually too. If you've been, if you've been awakened, you, you want everybody awakened. Ain't that what happened when you got a hold of the message of the cross or it got a hold of you? You woke up, you came to life, you started telling everybody, you found out most of them, very few of them wanted to wake up. They're still that way today. I woke up. I want everybody to wake up now. Amen. That's why folk get mad at cross-eyed preachers because you disturb and they sleep. And only those that really love God from the heart, only those who really want to please Him and really want to serve Him because not everybody that acts like they do, do. How do I know which ones do? Because God said He'd show them His covenant. Psalms 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and he shows them his covenant. And when he shows you his covenant, you are awake. And you want to declare what will awake everybody. And when you let other preachers come in and preach the rocking chair, go back to sleep messages, you are part of that. Amen, Brother Curtis. We don't have no rocking chair preachers come up in here. We got wake-up preachers. I'm not talking about how loud and how long. I'm talking about the truth of the cross of Christ. When you've been awakened, that means you're walking in the Spirit now. You don't walk there every minute, but you know what it means, and you're striving to walk there every minute. You now know what it means, and you strive. That's what it means to strive together for the faith of the gospel. You're striving together to stay Awake to stay walking in the Spirit, to stay keep wearing Christ, wearing the armor of light. You can tell when you start taking it off. You can tell when you start taking it off. You can tell, y'all know, y'all can tell when you start getting sleepy, can't you? You can tell when you start getting spiritually sleepy, and you better shake, you better be, you better, you better wake up. We can tell when we start drifting. Move from the front row to the third row, the back row to the car, and now we gone. Whether it be, and I ain't seen them in six weeks, they go, they, they don't much sleep. Christians who are awake are living according to the word. Not what they think, not what they want. That's sleeping Christians. People who awake are following Christ. They're not walking in darkness. People who are Christians who wake up, they, they wearing the Lord Jesus Christ. They walking in the Spirit. What else did it say they were doing? First scripture we read. They casting off the works of darkness. That's flesh. That's flesh. We learning how not to live in the flesh. I said we learning how not to live in the flesh. We hadn't reached some point of perfection, but we are learning Christ. We are, that's what we are learning Christ because he is everything to us. He is the one who awakened me from the dead. He is the one who shows up and awakens me when I start drifting away, when I start looking over here. He says, no, not today. 
when we start, when somebody does something and we don't like it and we start all, we start this whole thing inside of us. And he's, he shows up. He's like, how do I know? Because he's trying me every moment. We hadn't known what to do. I'm going over a little bit. That's all right. Y'all sang a little bit longer tonight, so not really, not really. We had never known what to do with he'll never leave me or never forsake me. And we've always only used that verse in, in some hard and very awful times. Well, you know, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Question is, okay, I got that. What's he doing right now? Because he ain't just back seat riding. If he had never leave me, never forsake me, that means he ain't just back seat riding. What's he doing? The Bible says he's trying me every moment. Job 7, 18, he's trying me every moment. What's he trying? He's trying to see if I'll just keep wearing his son. If I'll just keep walking in the spirit where he put my feet when he saved me in the spirit. He's trying me to see if I'll be carried off through some fleshly lust or I'll just keep clinging to that nail-scarred hand. He's testing you every moment. It ain't just when all of a sudden something's blown out of No, right now, he's testing you to see if you're listening to what he's saying to you tonight. Because if you ain't heard nothing but a preacher and not the Holy Spirit, you're sleeping. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to all of us. In every moment of our lives, he's trying us. That's what it means that he'll never leave me, never forsake me. He's busy about me. He's busy about you. He's more than a genie I rub on. I need you now, Lord. No, I need him every moment. And I need to recognize him trying me every moment. Amen. Amen. The church is waking up. Don't think it's not. We're living proof of that. The church is waking up. It might not be the multitudes running to this message, but there's never been multitudes. There's always been a remnant. Jesus chose 12, and all 12 of them didn't even make it. But you're going to make it because you know the truth. You're going to make it because you, you know the way. His name is Jesus. Amen? Would you stand with me?